Some weeks ago, I participated in an internationally acclaimed conference attended by delegates from all over the world. The curator of that conference boasted that 40% of the delegates were women. I'm not sure what technicalities prevented full gender parity. One of the side events was a panel on Me Too, which I wanted to attend in part because I have been an active contributor to the Me Too movement in academia and because the panel's organization intrigued me. It was moderated by a Western European white cis male, while one of the four panelists was a North African male tasked with expositing the Me Too experience of African women, despite the presence of numerous African women who could have spoken for themselves. The dynamic of a white male moderating women's experience and the male ventriloquation of African women's voices disquieted me. While some of the observers shared my discomfiture, many more were sadly grateful that the two men were allies. But actual allies do not appropriate, much less moderate, our voices. After hearing me grouse about this panel and its other untoward sequelae, which included being ushered out after explaining these problems, numerous men asked how they can be better allies. I dedicate this column to those men who are genuinely trying to figure out how they can help mitigate the misogyny, big and small, that we endure as the cost of daring to exist. First and foremost, exhibiting sympathy or empathy does not make you an ally. Allyship requires action. In the context of the aforenoted panel, had the gentlemen chosen to act as allies, they would have explained to the organizers that such roles are best executed by women. I can think of no intellectual defense for a male moderator on such a topic. Women's rage and experience are moderated by men every day. If you must speak on Me Too, exposit how you've learned to fight the sexism rather than repeating your perception of what we endure. The public sphere affords numerous opportunities for men to step up. Every day, men observe other men and boys who make our lives difficult. There's the rube who remarks upon our bodies, jokes about how we look or objectifies us, or engages in other demeaning behaviours that reduce our humanity to things that either please or displease the male gaze. They make crude remarks as we walk, run or ride our bikes past them. They make crude comments to us or proposition us. They grab our bodies on buses, planes or on the street. These events render quotidian activities a gauntlet of predation. Allies tell their friends and associates that this behaviour is repugnant. Allies do not stand silently by as it goes on. Allies teach their sons, nephews, brothers, uncles, fathers and grandfathers that these behaviours are loathsome. There are myriad things in the workplace that male allies can do, irrespective of where they are in the food chain. First, take us seriously. Hire us. Pay us as you pay men working for the same job. If there are no wo women working with you, ask why that is. Whether you're a manager or co-worker, Encourage your peers to take paternity leave. One of the reasons why women's wages generally decline upon marriage and again upon childbirth is that employers assume we will assume the bulk of domestic production. In turn, men's wages typically increase upon marriage and childbirth because these steps indicate maturity without the assumption of increased commitments away from the job. Don't cut us off and chide men who speak over us. Listen to us and our ideas. Don't passively observe as men try to take credit for them. Every working woman has had the experience of putting forward ideas only to be met with silence, followed by a male colleague voicing pretty much the same idea and being met with approval. When this happens, state clearly that your female colleague said it first. Don't let ideas become important or valid only once they've been he-splained. When you see sexual harassment and discrimination on the job, call it out. Don't force your female colleague to deal with a predator on her own. It's not that she can't but it's likely to be more effective for a man to hear that his behavior is boorish from another man. Research supports this claim. In 2014, 
Drury and Kayser found that relative to women who confront sexism, men who act as allies are evaluated more positively, while their confrontations are taken as more serious and legitimate efforts to combat sexism. And remember, gender is only one kind of discrimination that women encounter. In the US, gender operates along with other forms of bias like racism, homophobia, and religious discrimination. Elsewhere, misogyny may be compounded by similar factors such as caste, ethnic, as well as religious-based discrimination. Be attentive to these concerns. Even perceived competence motivates bias against women. Inesi and Cable found that competence signals as a threat to the traditional gender hierarchy, which leads to a negative bias when evaluating women's on-the-job performance. Also, don't assume that female managers will fix problems with harassment and discrimination. It's an unfortunate fact that some women, viewing themselves as competitors for the meager crumbs of patriarchy, will undermine other women. One of the reasons why Me Too took so long to effectuate is that women have long colluded with men. Men could not have disempowered women for the long durée of human civilization if women had not been complicit in perpetuating the power structures that harm women generally, while affording collaborators specific benefits. While some men feel threatened by women's economic empowerment, our families and even our country's economies benefit when women have equal access to opportunities and outcomes. I helped my husband understand this concept by helping him build spreadsheets that calculate the net present value of my accumulated wage discrimination. I also explained to him that by marrying me, he endogenized these accruing economic disadvantages. Had he married another white male, he could retire many years earlier than he can by marrying me or any other woman. These actions may make you uncomfortable. Being an ally is demanding. It's so demanding that the US Marine Corps put together a helpful set of guidelines for bystander intervention. There's also evidence that the humiliation of bigotry is mitigated when bystanders intervene. Such interventions signal that the person experiencing the biased behavior is not being overly sensitive or imagining an offense where there is none. In intervening, you're both witnessing and attesting to what we experience while also helping to destabilize the sense of entitlement enjoyed by the perpetrator in the first place. As women, we cannot eliminate the perjuring impacts of patriarchy, rape culture, and misogyny on our own. We need men who not only sympathize with our experiences, but who become our battle buddies in a war we neither started nor wanted to fight in the first place, but which we cannot win without you.